0: Hello and welcome to our podcast on classifications of surfaces. My name is Kayla and I am joined here today with my friends Tamar and Myla. Today we will be discussing in particular orientable versus non-orientable surfaces and we will include some facts about our mathematician. Our mathematician, Katrin Warheim, was born in Hamburg, Germany in 1974. Their research mainly focuses on sympletic topology and Gog theory. They're also known for their work on pseudo-holomorphic quilts. Katrin Werheim is an associate professor of mathematics at the University of California, Berkeley. In 2010, they received the Presidential Career Award, PECASE, from Barack Obama. In 2012, they became a Fellow of the American Mathematical Society. Because of Katrin's studies in classification of surfaces, my group members and I were able to review and learn about different surfaces on different abstract geometric shapes. A surface is considered orientable if you can pick a constant upward direction anywhere on the surface. If you are not able to do this on the surface, it is defined as non-orientable. Learning about classification of surfaces has enhanced our mathematical knowledge and challenged us to think outside the box. Our mathematician, Katrin Wareheim, started out as a physics major and wanted to double up in mathematics. They traveled from Germany to London to Switzerland and finally ended up in California where they completed their studies. Katrin did enjoy math as a young child and joined a math club at age 12. Growing up in Germany, all Katrin practiced with math and physics. Their college experience was overall quite interesting, being the only female in most of their classes but they did enjoy studying what they loved. Before college, Katrin wanted to become a journalist or a professional athlete. Both of their parents were Olympic rowers, but they fully supported their decision to make mathematics. We had the chance to interview Katrin Rehrheim. Here are some excerpts from her interview. What obstacles did you face in college?
1: did I not face? Wait. <laughs> First of all, most of the women there were studying to be teachers and so they weren't taking the harder math classes and so I was right away sort of the only girl <laughs> most of the time. One of my biggest frustrations was that I couldn't really ask questions and get you know the real answer. When I asked a question, I always got the answer to the dumb question that I didn't ask. But, but I found a way to hack that. I found a guy who was I was doing, actually, a physics practicum with. And he, he was not so smart in math. And so I was sort of his math brain and buddy. But we would go to all the lectures together and sit together. And so I made him ask my questions. He didn't understand what he was asking but so he would ask the questions he would get the right answers and then after the lecture I would explain the answer to him <laughs> so yeah that was that was one of the the first big frustrations
0: did you always want to study math when you're younger did you ever think about quitting
1: uh, oh, yes Math was not a thing that girls were supposed to do when I was growing up in Germany. I literally sometimes had, I mean, after I decided I was going to study physics, a lot of the parents of my friends were saying, but wait, don't you want to have a family? And so math wasn't on my radar until really the last year of high school. Yeah, there were a bunch of times when I thought about quitting. When I've had those crises, usually something happens with students in my university or younger women in my field where they really come to me for help or you know, I find a place where they want to organize something and I can help with that. It's sort of the human connection and the realizing that it might not be the most important thing to organize the women in mass in my field collaborative research cluster but it's something that only i can really help with and it's something where i can do so much more than if i go and organize on some social justice cause or become a politician (laughs) yeah i keep coming back because of people and because of realizing there are things that only i can do
0: what advice can you give us for college?
1: Get there. <laughs> Go there. <laughs> you know, and I mean, there's a lot of U.S. specific things that I don't know how you choose a college here and how you get in and all that stuff. But, you know, when you get there, have fun, right? I mean, have fun outside of school, but also in school. You know, pick the things that really interest you. Learn the things that you want to learn because you want to learn them not because your parents want you to do something or because um, you know it's prescribed as a major or because you want to get the right GPA. Once you have fun, you're usually better at things. Right? <laughs> and I think the other advice, if you're doing anything math related, is to find buddies and allies. That's a good use of your time to really very consciously find community and make sure you have friends that you can talk to when a professor you know says something that's really you know, inappropriate or when you know an exam goes wrong or something. You, you need good friends who understand sort of the world that you're in and you, you want those friends before something bad happens you know so that they're there when you, when you need the support.
0: For our last question, emotionally, how did you get through your ups and downs throughout your life?
1: Ah, oh, that's an awesome question. <laughs> friends, always, definitely. And and friends that I'm, and I've learned to give my friends sort of handling instructions. You know, once I become good friends, I sometimes sit people down and say, okay, so, you know, when I come in and I'm like really you know sad or angry i need you to just listen to me and like tell me that yes this sucks i need you to not try and solve it you know if you have ideas for how to solve it first ask me whether i'm ready to hear that that's one thing have people who will just listen and validate my emotions you know and where that's that's okay and the other maybe even two big parts for me have always been nature, just going hiking. Especially here in California, if I have a bad day and i manage managed to just walk up the next hill and there's palm trees and the sky is blue and I can see no civilization, after an hour, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything is okay. At least for the hour or two when I'm walking, I come back and the problem is still there. But at least I get a little bit of breathing space. And I think the third thing for me has always been sports. I've usually been part of a team where I really need to show up four or five or ten times a week. And so having something that's really a big part of life and a big sort of identity where something other than math or family, right? When when something goes wrong in my life, there's usually some other part of my life that's still okay. And that goes several ways. You know, when I get injured in rowing, usually my math is okay or I have friends that I'm okay with. Right? But you know, if math goes wrong and my friends don't do well with the handling instructions, then sports is still there. There's actually psychological research about that, where if you have several identities or several sort of somewhat not connected parts of your life it's easier to deal with frustrations
0: thanks for tuning in to girls talk math podcast on surfaces girls are smart every equation you do is a form of art it's time to get together fly rockets build a house and control the weather with math 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 math, math. math. yes Who here likes math is not a man You could be a female mathematician